Hey, good morning, everybody. Great to see you and uh, be together with you. Welcome to River Glen. Everybody here in, in Waukesha, welcome to you. Those of you in Pewaukee and, and online on the other side of the camera, uh, great to be together with you uh, today. Special shout out to all the moms and the future moms and grandmas and, and just all the ladies here. Just uh, so uh, delighted to have you with us. Thanks for making River Glen part of your Mother's Day weekend. Uh, today we're in this series, we're continuing this series, it's called I Believe in God, But, uh, because according to Gallup poll, 90% of Americans say they believe in God, but that doesn't mean that they don't have questions, and uh, most of these people, most of the 90% have a question, a doubt, a concern, and so our goal in this series is to dig for explanations to the most common doubts, questions, and hesitations so that we can move forward and follow Jesus and truly uh, live. Today's issue is... I believe in God, but I don't need a church. Now, obviously, those of you at uh, one of our campuses today, you don't believe this because you're here, right? But we live in a, in a world where uh, many people don't see the benefit of church, the value or the value of, of church. I've heard people say things to me over the years like, I, I've been, I, I believe in God, but you know, I don't need to go to church. I can you know, worship God on the golf course or sitting on my back deck, you know, reading the newspaper, uh, drinking some, some coffee. And while you can worship in those places, sometimes I wonder if people actually uh, do worship in those places. Or people will say, I went to church growing up and it was so boring and irrelevant. I never, I never went back. And it just breaks my heart to hear people share about negative experiences with church that turn them away from church. And, and for those who do attend church in our country, according to researchers, they attend less frequently than before. The average church attender in America comes to church one to two times a month or three times, about three times every 60 days, which seems really low, pretty low to me. Anything that we do three times every 60 days is a pretty... Irregular. I mean, if you exercise three times every 60 days, go to the gym and work out three times every uh, 60 days, probably not going to get in, in great shape and, and get great abs and, and all of that, right? But that's not just reality uh, for churches in our country. That's accurate for River Glen Church as well. We're just living in a day when many people don't see the value of church. And so today, I want to begin by taking a look at one of the Psalms in the Old Testament of the Bible, written by a man named Asaph, because it helps us deal with this issue. Asaph served as a priest, and he wrote Psalm 73. Now, those of you familiar with the Bible might be thinking, I thought David wrote the Psalms. David wrote most of the Psalms. Asaph wrote 12 of them. And here's what he says in verse 1 of Psalm 73. Truly, God is good to Israel, to those whose hearts are pure. And this is just a principle that Asaph believes, that God is good to those who have a good hearts. God blesses those who follow him. But he goes on to tell us that his experience challenges this belief. In verse 2, he says, but as for me, I almost lost my footing. My feet were slipping, and I was almost gone. In other words, because of my experience, my feet started slipping. Or today we might say my church attendance started slipping. And he explains why in verse 3, for I envied the proud when I saw them prosper despite their wickedness. They seem to live such painless lives. Their bodies are so healthy and strong. Uh, they don't have troubles like other people. They're not plagued with problems like everyone else. They wear pride like a jeweled necklace and clothe themselves with cruelty. 
These fat cats have everything their hearts could ever wish for. Notice this phrase, fat cats, yeah, right here. You know, we have some cat lovers probably here today. I know we have some cat lovers at River Glen. Sometimes they'll come up to me in the uh, lobby. They'll kind of corner me in the lobby, and they'll say, Ben, you make fun of cats a lot, you know, in your messages. But, hey, it's biblical. Look, right here, okay? <laughs> Psalm 73, all right? Uh, verse 12, he goes on. Look at these uh, wicked people, these, these fat cats, enjoying a life of ease while their riches multiply. Asaph says, did I keep, keep my heart pure for nothing? Did I keep myself innocent for no reason? Here's what he's saying. He's saying, I really believe God's good. I really believe God blesses those who obey him. But he says, my experiences challenge that belief. And I wonder if you've ever felt that way, especially when it comes to participating in church. You think, you know, I go to church and I participate in church and, and you know, God is good. I believe God is good. And we think everything will go well. But then we look at our actual lives and we feel like Asaph because our experiences go against this belief. We look around at other people who are not part of a church and they have more free time on the weekends. Their life seems easier, you know, than our life. You know, these fat cats, you know, living large, strutting through life. They don't volunteer and, and sacrifice. They don't have to be part of a small group. They don't volunteer at Christmas time or Easter when we have thousands more uh, people, they get more time with their families, more time for themselves on the holidays. And we think, I'm serving and sacrificing to be part of a church. And, and we think, you know, I'm not sure I see the value of church, the benefit of church. And so I have a few reasons about why. Maybe you don't think you need a church. Here's reason number one, because it's easier than ever to not be part of a church. Some of you might be thinking, Ben, why are you giving reasons to people to not go to church? I mean, don't go there. Uh, don't, don't give people reasons not to go. But I just want to be honest with you. It's easier than ever not to be part of, of a church or to attend less often. I, think, I can think of several factors. One factor is I think uh, people just travel more on the weekends. People uh, go to the cabin. They go to the lake on the weekends, and especially in Wisconsin where we have these short summers. Look at this. I love summer in Wisconsin. Last year it was on Wednesday. Yeah, short summers. And people travel more on the, on the weekends. And, and people put higher focus on kids' activities. There's more kids' activities on weekends than ever before. And there are more blended families and single-parent families. And so you might say, uh, you might not be able to get you know, your kids to come w to church on a particular weekend because you don't have them that weekend. And then there are more online options. You can go online. You can download a message. You can download a podcast. You can download worship songs on, on your own. It's easier than ever to not participate in a local church. Here's another reason why you may feel like Asaph and think you don't need a church. It's messy. It's messy. Here's a pattern that I observe uh, sometimes. Someone starts coming to River Glen, and maybe they think, okay, River Glen looks great from the outside, and they get involved here. They start serving here, and then when they're, when they're on the inside, they discover something about River Glen that we're not perfect and we're kind of messy on the uh, inside. And sometimes people decide, okay, I'll go to a different church and they discover that one's messy too. It's messy because you're messy. It's messy because I'm messy. It's messy because church is difficult. It's messy because all of us were sinners. It's messy because all of us need grace. And it's messy working with people every day who are in the process of finding Jesus and following him. It's a lot easier to not participate in church and just, you know, just go download some worship songs 
every once in a while. Church is messy. Here's another reason why you may think you don't need church. It costs you something. I mean, if we are going to you know, build the church, if we're going to get on mission with Jesus and make more and better followers of, of, of Jesus, <clears throat> I mean, it is going to cost something. It's going to cost time. It's going to cost energy. It's going to cost resources. And it's a whole lot easier to just go along with Asaph. You know, who needs church? I'll just go be one of the fat cats, you know, living large, strutting through life because it costs something to build the church. And I'm not sure that I'm willing to pay that price. Another reason maybe you don't need church, it's a battle. It's a fight. It's choosing to believe that life is not a playground. It's a battleground. And we're going to war with an enemy who wants to keep the world under his influence. It's a battle. We're combating hopelessness and suicide and overdosing and eating disorders and addictions. We're fighting for more people to find hope and victory in this life through Jesus. And, and it's a battle. And you know what battles are? Battles are hard. It's not like watching a war movie. Sometimes war movies make battles seem easy. But, but being in one, being in the trenches, being in the barracks, it might seem easy in movies, but in real life, battles are hard. So who needs church? Who needs the inconveniences of church? Well, if we continue to read Psalm 73, Asaph realizes something powerful. In verse 14, He says, I I get nothing but trouble all day long. Every morning brings me pain, verse 16. So I tried to understand why the wicked prosper, but what a difficult task it is. And then he has this aha experience, this aha moment, verse 17. Then I went into your sanctuary, O God, and I finally understood the destiny of the wicked. See, everything Asaph wrote was because like you and me, he was forgetful and focused on the physical. He says, I only saw prosperity because I only looked at life from an earthly perspective. He says, I only, he says, he says but when I got together with God's people in God's house and I began to worship God, I began to remember eternity. And then he begins to feel compassion for those that he was jealous of because he realizes they don't have Jesus. They don't have life. They don't have heaven to look forward to. He considered their end. And so he comes to this place of realizing, I need to gather with God's people because I'm forgetful. And when I come to the house of God, I remember eternity I remember God has a plan. I remember how God blesses my life. And I begin to see things as they really are. You see, Asaph realized I need church. And I think you do too. And so do I. And so I want to give you five reasons why we need to gather consistently with God's people in God's house. Five reasons why all of us need church. Here's the first reason. Church is a place where we can call out together. That's why we play music and sing songs every weekend. We call out to God together in worship. Here's a definition of worship that I came across. Worship is the feeling or expression of adoration and reverence for a deity. And God designed all of us to live lives of constant worship. Now, constant worship doesn't mean that, you know, every hour on the hour you sing a, a, a new hymn, you know, for an hour. I mean, nobody's got time uh, for that. That would wear us out. No, constant worship is a way of living. Paul talks about this in Romans chapter 12. He says, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he's done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. Look at this. This is truly the way to worship him. 
So how do we worship him? We worship God constantly by the way we conduct ourselves at work, at home, in our marriages, at our schools, and even by the way we play sports. That's how we worship God in reverence and adoration by how we live our lives. And notice why we worship God. It's in response to what God has done for us. That's why our team on stage, I love uh, sitting over here most weekends and watching our team on stage and how they lead us and sing and, and, and play music so passionately and enthusiastically. And here's why they do that is because they are so grateful for all that God has done for them. And the worship overflows from their hearts through the music and the singing. And I know you can worship God on your own, and I hope you do. But there is strength in numbers. There is strength in gathering together and worshiping with a multitude of God's people. It encouraged Asaph, and it, it strengthens and encourages us to call out to God together in worship. And I want to acknowledge for some of you, maybe, maybe it was hard to get here today. Maybe it was hard for you to even get out of bed today. Maybe you're going through something difficult in your life. Maybe your life feels broken right now, and maybe getting to church is not your first agenda item. But remember this. When life is hard, you need to come to church and here's why, because in those moments when you don't even have the words to say, maybe you don't even have the strength to stand up, the church can sing on your behalf. We can declare truth over you. All you have to do is show up, open your heart, and receive encouragement. And we will declare encouragement and victory over you in the name of, of Jesus. And so we come together to call out to God and worship uh, together because life is hard and we need strength and encouragement as we worship uh, together. Here's another reason you need church, another benefit. Church is a place where we can plant ourselves in friendships and in community. You know, right now, if you look to your left and to your right, even those of you joining us online, you've got someone leading a, a chat right now. There is, so there is at least one person here that you can find friendship with today. Church is a great place to build friendships and community that all of us need. Take a look at this picture. This picture reminds me of church. This is a, a, a formation called a Peloton. A Peloton. Bike racers love to bunch up like this in a, a Peloton. I mean, there's so much. It, it's amazing what they can do in this formation. They can actually eat food when they're in a Peloton. They can even change their shoes when they're bunched up like that together. But what really amazes me is that they don't have to work nearly as hard uh, together as they do alone. In fact, it's estimated that you save as much as 30% of your energy when you ride in a formation like this, as much as 30% of your energy. Because if you ride by yourself, I mean, you got to deal with the wind on your own. you got to deal with all the hardship of what is coming. But when you're part of something bigger, when you're in a group like that, it makes your life easier. Sometimes riders will not be able to hold on to the group and they'll fall back and, 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 and end up maybe drop back and end up by themselves and their team can even lose the race. And so here's what teams will do. Teams will send a couple of riders to go back and get them and tow them back up uh, to the group. And that's really a picture of the church. Church is where we find and build friendships and community that make our lives better and easier and stronger. 
Because this is how God designed us to live in community with others. A friend of mine shared a quote uh, that, that good things are better and bad things are more bearable in community. It's true, isn't it? And the best place to find friendship and community is in the church. My best friendships I have met through the church. They're my encouragers. They pray for me when I'm struggling. They help me when I have a need. And if you're having trouble finding friendship, join a group or a team in this church. We've got some great opportunities coming up this summer. And we'll tell you more about those later in the service. Here's another benefit to church. Church is a place where every one of us can pour in. When you uh, begin following Jesus, you, 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 you realize, you eventually realize that Jesus blesses you, not just to make your life awesome, but to flow blessings through your life to pour into others and bless them as, as well. You realize God's not trying to build an audience. He is building an army. Take a look at this scripture in 1 Peter chapter 4. God's given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another? Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Church is a place where all of us can use our God-given abilities and talents to pour in and serve other people and make a difference with our one and only life. And I just feel so grateful for the hundreds and hundreds of you who use your gifts and abilities to pour into other people by volunteering in this church. Since it's uh, Mother's, Day, uh, Mother's Day weekend, I've been thinking about our family this week. Marnie and I have three kids, and we, we're far from perfect parents, and our kids are, are not perfect. We deal with the same issues and struggles in our family that you deal with, you probably deal with in, in your family. But this church, River Glen Church, has helped our three kids so much. Our kids grew up in this church, and I am so grateful. I don't say this enough. I'm so grateful for the many volunteers and staff in this church who poured into our three kids. It was so good for them, and it influenced our kids so much. I think that's why all three of our kids, uh, Taylor, Will, and Ryan, they're adults now, all three of our kids, you know, on their own have chosen to pour in uh, to children and students and make a difference with their life by serving and volunteering in ministry and uh, in, in, in church. And, and I'm telling you, if you're a parent, if you're a parent, this is reason enough to come to church and bring your kids. So our volunteers, our staff can pour into your kids. It'll change your kids and it'll change your family. We have amazing volunteers here. I'm grateful for all our volunteers who pour into every area of ministry in our, in our church, and they make a huge uh, difference. And I'm really excited. In, in four weeks, we're gonna have a special weekend. We're calling it Thank You uh, Weekend. We're gonna have, it's gonna be like a party. We're gonna have extra music. We're gonna have extra food in the uh, lobby. And I really want everybody to be here. We are going to uh, appreciate, and we're gonna say thank you uh, to all of our uh, volunteers. We're, we're overdue for this. Church is a place where all of us can use our gifts and abilities to pour in and serve other people and make a difference with our lives. Here's another benefit. Church is a place where we can armor up. Armor up because life is a battle and we need to dress for the battle ahead. That's what it talks about in Ephesians 6. It says, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor. There's the word 
armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Scripture tells us the devil's real. The devil hates God. The devil hates God's people. And he wages war against us. And so we need to armor up. The scripture it actually goes on and gives us a list of a spiritual armor, the, the, the belt of truth, the, the, the breastplate of righteousness, foot coverings of peace, the, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit. Now, if you're ready to armor up, okay, you're not going to find these items at the local department store or the local armory. Spiritual armor comes to us through the Holy Spirit and through God's word. And so we've got to engage God's word. We've got to engage with the Bible so that we can armor up. But the Bible can confuse us. I mean, some of the stories in the Bible are difficult to understand and interpret. We need help understanding the historical context, cultural context, so that we can learn the scriptures. That's why we come together on the weekend to study and learn God's word together, to armor up for the battle ahead of us. We come to get fed the word of God on the weekends as we feed ourselves during the week, but the truths that we teach on the weekend help us prepare for the battle ahead as we walk out those doors. And by the way, next weekend, I'm gonna go more in depth on the Bible and about the reliability and the trustworthiness of the Bible and how to read the Bible. And if you ever have doubts about the Bible or conversations with people who have doubts, be a great weekend to be here. Be a great weekend. Come back next weekend and learn more about how to armor up. All right, one more benefit. Church is a place where we can reach out to save more people, save more lost people. Do you know how most people find Jesus? I mean, it's possible to reach out and lead someone to Jesus one-on-one, okay? It can be done, but it's very difficult to lead someone to Jesus by yourself, one-on-one. Here's, here's how most people find Jesus. Somebody invites a person to come to church. The person comes, and they hear the message of Jesus, and they make a decision to start following Jesus. Most people Make the decision to follow Jesus in a church gathering like this. That's why at River Glen we have an invitation culture and we invite anybody and everybody to come and hear the message of good news about Jesus that we've already received. We invite our friends and families, our neighbors, our baristas, our coworkers, anybody that you encounter because everybody needs Jesus and they need someone to in- invite them. And not just in this room, together as a church, we reach out beyond these walls to share the good news and, 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 and share the, the love of God and invite more people to follow Jesus. Our team put together a brief video about how God uses this church to help more people find Jesus locally and uh, nationally and globally. Take a look.
Isn't it great what God's doing? Yeah, let's give God a hand. All right, together as a church, we accomplish so much more. We reach so many more people as a church together than we ever could on our own. As you saw in that video, we have baptized a number of, of people so far this year. We went ahead, we scheduled another baptism coming up at the end of this series, uh, the weekend of June 1st and 2nd. It's a great opportunity if you have not uh, done this. Baptism is simply picturing with your life what Jesus did with his life. You know, here's, here's, here's Jesus on the cross. He's, he, he's buried in a tomb, and then he raises up to live again. And here's your life. And you go under the water in baptism, you're buried with him, and then you come up out of the, the water to live a new life, and you say, I want to begin following uh, Jesus. And so if you've never done that, it's a beautiful uh, ceremony. Uh, great opportunity coming up for you to get uh, baptized. We have everything that you need. Just let us know on the welcome card. There's a box there that says find out more about baptism. Drop that in the uh, offering uh, bag. If you have any questions, stop at the Connect Wall. We have people that uh, would love to uh, help you. If you're online, I think your host is going to post a link where you can sign up for the baptism. So many reasons, many benefits uh, to, to, to church, amazing uh, benefits. I could give you so many more reasons. I mean, I could give you 100 uh, reasons, but I just shared five with you this morning. Church is where we call out together uh, in, in worship to God, and we receive strength and encouragement. Church is where we plant ourselves in friendships and community. Church is where we pour in. We use those gifts and abilities that God's given us to make a difference with our life. And church is where we armor up for the battle ahead. And through church, I mean, we reach and save so many more people for, for, for Jesus. As I thought about those uh, benefits, and as I also reflected on those inconveniences that I mentioned earlier in, in this uh, message, it occurred to me that the inconveniences are the same reasons that there is power in the church. And if we would, if we would lean into the church, I mean, there would, be, there would be strength and growth in our lives because dealing with the inconveniences, the fact that, you know, it's easier not to go, and dealing with the, the messiness of church, it helps you to grow as a follower of, of Jesus. Take a look at this uh, scripture. I love this uh, scripture from Proverbs. Isn't this great? It says, without oxen, a stable stays clean. <laughs> but you need a strong ox for a, a harvest. In other words, you know, farming would be a lot easier without messy animals. I mean, you wouldn't have to bring, uh, you wouldn't have to clean up after them. You wouldn't have to bring water or food uh, to the animals. But it's the fact that there are messy animals that makes the farm productive. Uh, those of you that are uh, moms, uh, you know, your home would probably be uh, cleaner, you know, without children. Your life probably would be uh, easier in some ways without kids. Uh, but without kids, you'd miss out on your family in the world, would miss out on your, your, your children. And church would be much easier without people, wouldn't it? I mean, there would be no drama, there would be no uh, conflict, but we would miss out on fulfilling the mission of, of Jesus. See, the inconveniences put power into the church and into our lives. That's why, that's how God designed our lives. God never intended for you to follow Jesus in isolation. He intended for you to follow Jesus in cooperation with other people. Take a look at this verse from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. All of you together are Christ's body. Christ's body, that's the church. And each of you is a part of it. That says if you follow Jesus, God automatically adds you to the church. Did you know that? Church is not something that you do. 
It's not something you go to. It's who you are. And so if you follow Jesus and you just leave church, okay, you're running away from yourself because you are the church and we need you calling out together, building community, pouring in, armoring up so that we can reach more people for Jesus. And so church is not just meant to be something that benefits uh, you. Now, I gave you a list of benefits, five great benefits, amazing benefits, but if we only look at how church benefits me, then it can easily become about me. It can become all about you. I mean, if there were no benefits at all to church, Jesus loves the church and gave the church a mission to carry out And that's why we participate in the church as followers of of Jesus. Look at what Paul said about this in Ephesians 5. Christ loved the church. He gave his life for the church. I mean, the most expensive thing that has ever been bought is the church purchased by the blood of Jesus. God sent his son to purchase uh, the church to buy you out out of the world. That's how much God wants you to be part of his church. Yeah, you'll be transformed. You'll be blessed. You'll experience great benefits. But here's the bottom line. If we call ourselves followers of Jesus, then we give our lives to build the church because Jesus shed his blood to buy the church. Now, maybe some of you are new and, you know, you'd like to get involved here at River Glen, but maybe you've got some questions. Maybe you want to know more about our beliefs, our vision, and next steps. Maybe some of you have been attending for River Glen for years, but now you're ready to really get on mission with us. Well, whether you're new or, or been around for years, I want to invite you to come to a lunch meeting uh, next Sunday, both campuses. It's called Welcome to River Glen. We provide free lunch child care, just check the box on your welcome card and uh, drop that in the offering bag. We'd love uh, to tell you more about what God's doing next week, uh, next Sunday at Welcome uh, to River Glen. And so I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to pass communion. And our communion is open to anyone who follows Jesus. The bread represents Christ's body uh, that was broken for us. The juice represents Christ's blood that was shed for us, poured out for us. So let's remember to thank Jesus during communion for giving his life to forgive our sins, but also he gave his life to buy the church so that we could participate in it. Let me pray for us. God, thank you for for loving us and sending Jesus to not just die for our sins, not just to, to forgive us individually, but to purchase the church so that we could live in unity and cooperation and on mission with you and your people. God, I pray that we would uh, give our lives to to build your church together and and make it stronger and better and more impactful in our lives and, and in our community and in the world. Thank you for loving us the way you do and giving us people who will pray for us and support us and help us through this challenging world. God, we need you. And we need each other in the church. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.